You're listening to Up Your Game, a podcast all about sports. I'm Travis Harrison, joined once again by my best friend, Ben Weir, who's becoming a regular to the show. How you doing tonight, buddy? You just can't get rid of me, man. No, I wouldn't want to. Wouldn't have it any other way. There you go. Well, in this episode, we're going to be recapping week four of college football, highlighting several games, big-time upsets, and players of the week. The number one team in the country, the Georgia Bulldogs, played their closest game of the season and still won by 17 as they defeated Kent State 39-22. The number two Alabama Crimson Tide rolled over Vanderbilt 55-3. And the number three Ohio State Buckeyes smacked Big Ten rival Wisconsin 52-21 behind five touchdown passes from Stroud. Number four Michigan won a close game between Maryland 34-27. Ben, I was surprised to see this one so close. What were your thoughts? Yeah, I was surprised too because I'm pretty sure they Maryland's got almost the same team they had last year. I'm pretty sure Michigan won by like 50 last year, and <laughs> this is at the big house too. So like, I was surprised to see that they were even in this game, but good that they pulled it out. Yeah, well, number five Clemson had quite the scare as they escaped double overtime with a 51-45 win over Wake Forest that came down to a broken up play in the end zone in double overtime. Ben, I was shocked when I saw this game not only go into two overtimes, but Clemson would have lost this game if they catch that touchdown pass. Obviously, they still had to make the extra point, but you would like to think that probably would have happened. Yeah, I mean, you would think Wake Forest um, would have pulled it out. Now, I was kind of sad to see it because I I actually like Wake Forest. I'm not that far from the school um, being in Carolina, but they played their hearts out, man, and I was pulling for them. But, yeah, Clemson, they survived. They held Someone who didn't escape a huge upset was number six, Oklahoma, as they fell to Kent State 41-34, led by a stellar performance by Wildcats quarterback Gabriel, who was 26 of 39 for 330 yards and four touchdowns. Ben, the Boomer Sooners got boomed right out of their own stadium. (laughs) How long did it take for you to come up with that? Actually, it came right to me, and I was like, oh, I'm putting that in. That's gold. That was perfect. Yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, Kansas State seems to be the team that just like is the uh, the kryptonite for Oklahoma. They've I, they upset them. I don't think it was last year, but it was a couple years ago uh, in Kansas State. So I mean, I was I was surprised. I didn't think this was gonna be a game at all, especially being in Oklahoma. It's kind of crazy. Number seven USC took a late touchdown against Oregon State to avoid the upset as they won seventeen fourteen. Ben, you shared a couple weeks ago that USC is your dark horse for getting into the playoffs at the end of the year. Did this game change your mind at all about them? You just had to throw that in there. So. <laughs> hey, they they didn't lose. They're still they're still good. <laughs> I know they're still there. I don't know honestly. I mean, it, this was like a shocker to me because when I, I I didn't watch this game because it was super late. But like, I can't believe they were won by three points and they had to make a almost last minute drive and four I think four minutes left to take the lead. So I don't. My mind's not changed. I think they're still going to be fine. But when Oregon State's quarterback throws four picks and you can only <laughs> win by three points, I'm a little concerned. Well, number eight, Kentucky won against Northern Illinois, thirty-one twenty-three. The Wildcats were never really in trouble as they led this one thirty-one fourteen before NIU scored nine unanswered. Ben, I'm sure Mark was thrilled to see another win by Big Blue. Yeah, he was. I, remember, I talked to him a little bit about it, but I don't think he's that excited because they're playing Ole Miss this weekend. But, I mean, Kentucky is just kind of – I think they're kind of an imposter, I feel like, in the top ten. I, I like them being there, but I, I don't think it's going to last. They're going to get some harder competition, and they'll probably be – they might not even be ranked by the end of the year. Yeah, it's almost like you're doing a double take, like, what are you doing here, you know, type of thing. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, if they end up there toward the end of the year, you know, props to them. But, yeah, like yeah. you said, I mean – 
it wouldn't surprise me if they go the other direction, yeah, and end up outside the rankings. But for right now, hey, fly high with them. So, Well, number 23, Texas A&M knocked off number 10, Arkansas, 23-21, even after the Razorbacks jumped out to a 14-0 lead. Ben, it seems like A&M is still upset about tumbling down the rankings and they took out their frustrations on the Razorbacks. Is it just me, dude, or is this game super hard to read? Like, I just don't understand. They, they're, I mean, I know they beat Miami barely, and then they lost to App State at home, and now they're beating a top ten Arkansas. Like, I just don't get this team, man. I, I'm the hats off to them for keep on keeping their season going, but like, I just don't understand this team. They're all over the place. That's for sure. They are. <laughs> I got a few stats for the top ten teams. They scored 521 points this last weekend, which is the most in the poll era. They won by 401 total points, which is the largest point differential all time. And the top eight teams all scored 45-plus points for the first time in history. Holy crap. Yeah. I saw that stat go across the screen. I was like, oh, my goodness. It's like, I got to take a picture of that. My word. That's I mean, a, just think about forty plus points. You said the top eight teams. 40 top plus eight points? team forty five plus. That's insane. That is insane. Well, number eleven Tennessee had a good win at home, beating the Florida Gators thirty eight thirty three. Ben, I feel like the Volunteers have been slowly just going about their business, and people are starting to take note. These guys are for real. Yeah, their offense, dude. And I if you'll have to correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure they were without their star receiver. I, I want to say that they. The little notification came across and said he was hurt for four before that game came, so he wasn't playing. So I mean, I, they're doing awesome, and I didn't think anything about Tennessee until yeah, right now. I mean, I know Florida's kind of up and down too, but that's a huge when they haven't beat. Ooh, stat for you too. They have only beaten, I believe, Florida twice in the last twenty years. If I remember, if I read that correctly, wow, which is insane. <laughs> yes, that is crazy. I'm pretty sure that's accurate too, because yeah. I feel like yeah, Florida's had their number for a long, long time. So. Good for the Volunteers to get that win. Well, the number 12 through 14 seeds won their games easily. But number 15, Oregon, only won by three over Washington State, 44-41. Ben, I feel like Washington State was still riding high from upsetting Michigan State a couple weeks ago, and they almost pulled off another upset against the Ducks. Yeah, I could have. I really could have seen this coming, but uh, hats off to Oregon. They made a, I want to say they were down by about 20. Well, I think about 15 in the fourth quarter and made a comeback there. But this is another team. I think we talked about this last week. But Oregon's making some strides ever since they've gotten killed by Georgia. So like they're, I mean, good for them to keep their seasons and to just keep motivation and keep playing. Absolutely. Well, the rest of the favorite teams took care of business. That is until we get to number twenty-two, the Texas Longhorns, who were beat by Texas Tech thirty-seven thirty-four. Ben, what were your thoughts on the outcome of this in-state rivalry game? I just it's confusing. I mean, to Texas. Give it to Hudson Card, their backup. He played he played an okay game against Bama, but I mean, being that you know so close to beating Bama to now being two and two and losing to I mean, this is a big rival, Texas Tech. Texas Tech had just gotten beat really bad last week by NC State, so I just I was surprised. Um, I, I know Texas Tech has got a decent team this year. I don't know what's going on with Texas now as far as their. I, I feel like after that Alabama game, it's kind of just gone downhill from there. Well, the biggest upset of the day and probably entire weekend was number twenty five Miami falling to unranked Middle Tennessee, 45-31. Ben, I know you were, I'm sure, were loving seeing this one as you hate Miami. But I know people listening are probably thinking, yeah, so what? The Hurricanes were barely ranked. But it's more the fact they were favored by four touchdowns and lost by two touchdowns. 
Yeah, it's just made my heart so happy this past weekend because I was like, here's another stat for you about Middle Tennessee. In their 22-year history of having football, they have never beaten a ranked team. <laughs> their first ever win against a ranked team. And I was like, you guys picked the best team to beat. Oh, man. So good job, Middle Tennessee. That's hilarious. Oh, wow. That's a pretty <laughs> yeah. young program. I mean, only 22 years. And hats off to them for getting it done against <laughs> Miami. That, that's really funny. The top 25 is as follows. Georgia... One, Alabama two, Ohio State three, Michigan four, Clemson five. So that all stays the same from last week. USC's goes up a spot to number six. Kentucky moves up a spot to number seven. Tennessee jumps three spots to up to number eight. Oklahoma State stays at nine. NC State jumped up a couple spots to ten. Penn State keeps climbing. They jump three more spots up to 11. Utah's up a spot to 12. Oregon's up two spots to 13. Old Miss up two to 14. Washington up three to 15. Baylor up another spot to 16. Texas A&M, biggest jump of the weekend, up six spots to 17. Oklahoma, 18, dropped 12 spots. BYU, 19th, they stayed stationary. Arkansas dropped 10 spots to 20. Minnesota stayed at 21. They didn't play. Wake Forest dropped a spot to 21. And the Florida State Seminoles are 23rd, yeah. finally, in the rankings. It's about time, Ben. Finally got some respect on your name there. What's that? Yeah. I said it might only last this weekend, though. Because we're going for us. <laughs> oh, jeez. Well, we'll see what happens there. And then rounding out is number 24, Pittsburgh, and number 25, Kansas State. Now we're going to take it to the Players of the Week Starting off with the quarterback of the week. It's the quarterback from Clemson, DJ. Where have you been for two years, DJ? Well, as Clemson battled, fought, and scraped their way past a Wake Forest team who were equal parts stubborn and sensational behind Sam Hartman, we finally saw glimpses of the Tigers quarterback that we'd been promised during his 2020 Trevor Lawrence Duty of Relief Tour. In the months that have passed since, he tore apart Boston College and Notre Dame in that 2020 season. He's been doubted, ridiculed, but at the biggest moment in Clemson's season... DJ delivered. Was it all pretty? No. Were there throws that he would have liked back? Sure. However, he delivered dime after dime, time after time, as the Clemson and Wake Forest offenses went back and forth in the 51-45 overtime showdown for the ages. The Tiger quarterback ended the day with 375 passing yards and five touchdowns, while adding 52 yards on the ground. His touchdown strike to Dennis Allen that won the game was just one of several beautiful throws that are worthy of a quarterback of the week performance. Ben, what'd you think about his performance there against Wake Forest? Oh, he's fantastic. I mean, you already said it. He's, he's been doubted. I've even doubted him myself, too, since he's been there, especially since last year when their team was not very good last year. But, they, I mean, they needed him, and they needed this kind of a performance being in a hostile environment at Wake Forest. And, I mean, yeah, like you said, throwing for five TD passes. He looked, he looked good. If he can keep it up, I mean, they'll be dangerous. The Offensive Player of the Week goes to Blake Corum, the running back for Michigan. Blake Corum is simply too good to be denied Offensive Player of the Week honors after another sensational showing during College Football Week 4. While he may not have replicated the program record tying five touchdowns accomplishment of the previous week, Corum was commanding with a consummate performance that was critical to the Wolverines continuing their unbeaten streak into October. The Michigan running back rumbled for 30 carries, tallying 243 yards rushing while finding the end zone twice. Quorum's 33-yard touchdown run at the end of the second quarter gave Michigan an important psychological advantage heading into halftime. 
Meanwhile, his 47-yard long run of the day broke the back of Maryland's attempts to keep with the Wolverines, opening up an ultimately unassailable 34-19 lead. With his cut-and-go explosiveness and long speed to rip off chunk plays for fun, Coram shaping himself as one of the top-tier running backs in the nation. Despite some extremely impressive performances around the nation, he certainly earned the Offensive Player of the Week award in college football week four. Ben, would you agree with that? Oh, there's no question. I mean, he looked awesome, and he ran for 8.1 yards a carry. I mean, that's like a first down every single time he touches the ball. And he had 23 more yards than J.J. McCarthy had passing the ball. So I think he was definitely the Offensive Player of the Week. Well, Defensive Player of the Week goes to Zalen Wood, the DT for Middle Tennessee State University. MTSU is the pinup team for college football chaos. They were utterly dominated in their season opener against JMU, but they pulled off one of the biggest shocks in college football week four. A 25.5-point underdog coming into the contest, they hurried, hustled, and harassed the Miami Hurricanes all night long and emerged with a memorable 45-31 victory. 6'1", 270-pound tackle, Zaylin Wood was the defensive architect of the Hurricanes' downfall. His defensive mastery consistently caused misery for Miami and quarterback Tyler Van Dyke. A first quarter, thick six where he disrupted Van Dyke's passing lane, snagged the ball out of the sky, and rumbled home from 16 yards out. It was the first touchdown of the game and set the tone for the rest of the game. Woods also added two sacks to his resume against the Hurricanes. Prior to college football week four, he'd only logged a half sack during his MTSU career. Impressively, the interception of Van Dyke was the second of his career. Ben, what'd you think about his performance? It was dominant for sure. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think he deserves Defensive Player of the Week. And coming up, coming up against again, or again another ranked team. I know Miami probably was a little bit overranked, but I mean, they still were ranked at the time they beat him. Very dominant, getting two sacks and only having a half a sack for his career. I mean, having two in one game, pretty pretty good for him. Well, our special teams Player of the Week goes to Andre Zmite, kicker from Syracuse. Andre Smite turns 24 on Monday, and he gave himself an early birthday present while being the dominant force in Syracuse's late installment in their still-undefeated college football campaign. One of the most experienced kickers in the nation, he suffered some struggles last season, but he's back to his perious best. He's on pace to add another Lou Graza award to the one he received as a redshirt freshman in 2018. After converting the extra point following Garrett Schrader's 17-yard touchdown run, the only Syracuse touchdown of the day, Schmite hit five consecutive field goals of differing lengths that included a 40-yard strike late in the third quarter. When the pressure was at its greatest, the Syracuse kicker rose to the occasion, putting through a 31-yarder that sealed a 22-20 win over Virginia, the Orange's fourth win of the season. Ben, you're a Syracuse guy. Are you happy to see him get special team honors? Of course, man. I'm glad that you included one of my guys in there, yeah. And then a little tidbit, listeners, don't judge me for this, okay? But my two teams are 8-0 so far this year. I mean, Florida State and Syracuse, let's go. Let's, let's go. 8-0, go. man. <laughs> Not too many people can say that, so. That's right. Way That's to right. go, man. Well, as we look forward to this next coming weekend, week five, are there any games that stand out to you? Any ones that you're excited about? Different matchups that you're looking forward to? Obviously, if the game happens, Florida State and Wake Forest. Like, I mean, this is going to be a great game, I feel like, in Tallahassee if they can get the game. Another couple matchups are going on. I think NC State at Clemson. I think that will be a great showdown. So we'll see if DJ can hang with them because NC State has a great defense this year. And then I want to say the other one, correct me if I'm wrong on this one, Travis, but I'm pretty sure that Arkansas and Bama play this weekend too. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right. So that could, could so potentially be a good one. I mean – Arkansas coming off that loss 
could be angry, could be frustrated, could just pour all that into a game. And yeah, you never know what what can happen there. Well, we're thankful for another great week of college football, man. It just it's flying by too fast, but we're four weeks down. You've been listening to Up Your Game, a podcast all about sports. Travis and Ben signing off.